0: This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys, thanks so much for being with us here on this episode. If you would, and if you haven't already, leave us a five-star review. That is how this podcast will continue to grow. Leave us five stars wherever you're listening to this. Leave us a few sentences letting us know why you like the material. Now, let's go ahead and get into today's content. I'm going to talk about a documentary today, and that documentary is called Babies Are Still Murdered Here. Babies Are Still Murdered Here. Now, the still part is important because this is actually a part two to a documentary that was released back in 2014. So back in 2014, there was a documentary release named Babies Are Murdered Here. Okay. And this was a very short documentary, about an hour long, and you can find it on YouTube. Don't worry. I'll get the link for you here in the show notes. But it was kind of a a new style of abortion clinic ministry, a new style of abortion ministry just in general. And so there, there seems to be a couple of different approaches right now to abortion ministries. The first is the nice part. Right. So this is, Hey, we're going to just give these these people that work there a, a bottle of water and we're just going to be nice. And we're going to smile and wear bright colors. And then hopefully they won't murder their babies. So that's one part. Then you've got the other part. You got the screaming ministries, right? So you got people holding their megaphones and, and holding their Bibles and yelling at these women and, and saying they're the worst people alive and, you know, uh, bombarding abortionists and all those different things. So there's those. And then there's this kind of new style, which is obviously somewhere in between those. But it's still very forward. It's still calling out the sin, the the gross and horrible sin that is abortion, that is the murder of the unborn. Okay, so that documentary's had about four or five years now to to kind of marinate and get out there. But then there was a new documentary that was released. I believe it was in 2019. If not, it was in 18. But I'm pretty sure it was in 19. But this one has a lot more of an influence from Jeff Durbin and Apology at Church. So obviously, we've talked about Jeff Durbin and Apology at Church on here before. I've talked about his podcast episode 82 of this podcast. It was a conversation between Jeff Durbin and Andy Stanley kind of debate. And you kind of got to watch Jeff Durbin uh, in large part run roughshod over Andy Stanley and some of the things that Andy Stanley believes. But we really respect that ministry here. We really respect Jeff Durbin and the way that he does things. We certainly don't agree with all his theology. We don't agree with everything that he's ever said or done, but we have a lot of respect and, and we really like what those guys are doing over there. But one of the most amazing things that that church and that that ministry has done is they started a, a ministry, I guess you'd call it, called End Abortion Now. Okay, So if you go to their website, which I'll, of course, include for you in the show notes as well, the the summary of the website or basically what they're here for is this. We are a global movement of local Christian churches committed to ending abortion with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I think the important thing about that, and I'm sure Jeff Durbin would say, is that last part, which is with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But this kind of begs the question, anytime there's a movement or anytime there is something that is launched that's getting any type of headway, where did it come from? What started it? And sometimes with these movements, there aren't specific things that have started these things. But with End Abortion Now, there is definably a moment when End Abortion Now became a thing. And it happened in 2016. So back in 2016, my home state, the state that I'm currently living in, the state of Oklahoma, was considering Senate Bill 1118, which essentially would have outlawed abortion in the state of Oklahoma uh, totally, so without any restrictions, and also criminalized those who were involved in the process of of an abortion, right? So this could be certainly the abortionist, anyone that maybe paid for the abortion, the woman herself, all those people could have been liable for the murder of that child. Now, at that time, there were a lot of pro-life, supposedly advocates that were in the state of Oklahoma, right? Flexing and getting on the news and doing their thing. And one of them was Tony Longer. So Tony Longer uh, or it's Lainger, whichever it's L-A-U-I-N-G-E-R, but I think it's Longer. He's the vice president of National Right to Life. That is a pro-life organization that has been around for a very, very long time. And he's also the chairman of Oklahomans for Life. And so Jeff Durbin had kind of caught wind of some letters that Tony had written to different people, um, in, in politics within the state of Oklahoma to different representatives. And so he invited him to come on apology at a church. And I've got the entire interview for you. It's about 45, 50 minute long interview. I, I think it's interesting. I think you should definitely take a look at it, but there was an exact moment when, and and in this interview, uh, you don't see video of Tony Longer, but you do see video of Jeff Durbin. Jeff about comes unglued right during this clip. And so it's a very short clip that I'm going to play for you here. It's only about three minutes long, but this is what spawned the movement, which is called end abortion now. So here we go into the clip.
1: Okay. Thank you, Tony. You've, you've been so gracious to me today. I really appreciate it. Two, two more questions uh, that I think will really help me in just in terms of understanding where the national right to life kind of comes from and how you guys uh, want to approach this. Because um, again, I'm, I'm fairly new to this fight. Um, I've only, I mean, I've, I've obviously been pro-life since I've been a believer, um, but I'm fairly new to this specific fight over the last three years. Um, God has actually used our church to save over 50 babies from death. Um, so it's, it's been a huge blessing, but it's, yeah, praise God. It's been, it's been, it's been really um, a blessing, but um, it's interesting for me to kind of understand how you guys operate and how you guys think we should go about doing this more effectively. Uh, so two questions I think would, people would want to know is, number one, um, and it's, it's a tough one, and so I'd, I'd love to hear your, how you feel about this. Um, are women who have abortions murderers?
2: We do not believe that a woman who has an abortion should be prosecuted. Uh, we definitely believe that uh, criminal penalties are appropriate for an abortionist, and the laws that we've worked on through the years have had criminal penalties uh, for those who commit abortions. But the woman herself, we do not believe, uh, should be prosecuted. Very often women are pressured into getting abortions. Uh, the, the, leading, the leading cause of, of, uh, of death, this is a striking statistic, the leading cause of death for pregnant women in the United States is murder. They are killed by a boyfriend or a husband or whoever the father of the child may be who has pressured them to get an abortion that the woman has refused and has said she wants to carry her baby to term. Uh, that is an outrageous reality, but it is uh, tragically true.
1: Okay. Well, that helps a lot, Tony. So we would say the abortionist is a... We would say that's murder. We want to have him prosecuted for murder, but the woman, not so much. We don't want to, we don't want to go that route.
2: Right. We don't not believe that the woman should be prosecuted. Okay. So, okay. And I, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a fine point, but, but we would not say the abortionist ought to be prosecuted for murder. We would say the abortionist ought to be prosecuted for, for killing the unborn child or for homicide. But murder is a, murder is a technical term that depends on lots of circumstances.
0: And that is where all of this got started, because I don't know if you could hear there. It's kind of subtle. If you you watch the, the clip, which I'm going to include for you here as well. If you watch the clip, when he says, when Tony Launders says that he does not believe that the abortionist should be charged with murder, Jeff Durbin throws his hands up. His pen flies out of his hand and hits the table. You can kind of hear it hit the table. But I mean, he had about five seconds to collect himself before he actually got to the end of the interview but that is when all this got started. Jeff Durbin said that he looked at the guys that were there with him. They were all aghast. They were all like, what in the world? All the people that were listening to the audio of the recording. And that's whenever they decided they were going to do something about it. And that's when they launched End Abortion Now. Okay. So if you're not familiar with End Abortion Now, End Abortion Now, I'm not too terribly familiar with them, but I do know that they provide a lot of free materials to local churches to basically galvanize them and weaponize them for the sake of the unborn. Okay. And so we'll get into more of this later when we get into the documentary, but essentially they're trying to equip, uh, local churches to be able to reach out and minister to those that are inside and outside of the abortion mills that are in their communities. Okay. And one of the ways that end abortion now has gotten out there to a lot of people here recently is this follow up documentary, which is babies are still murdered here. And, uh, this is just a summary from their website. It says this after 40 years, millions of dollars and multinational pro-life political lobbies, abortion is still alive and well in our country. Why are babies still murdered here? So guys, here's one thing about this podcast. I'm going to be cutting this podcast short today. And I know I've said that before, and then I end up going on for another 30 minutes. I'm, I'm literally going to be cutting this podcast much shorter than normal because I want you to go and watch this documentary. Okay. It is a free documentary. You can find it on Vimeo. So if you got a Roku or an Apple TV or something like that, and you got the Vimeo app, you can search for it and find it there. If you just search for babies are still murdered here, it might take you through the end abortion now website. You can find it and you can watch it. Okay. So you can absolutely do that. And I want you to be able to do that, but I do want to point out some themes. There were a lot of themes Throughout this documentary that started coming to mind for me And then, you know, I spent the last couple of days kind of thinking through uh, Just my overall thoughts on the documentary and there were five big themes that I saw And so I want to kind of put those in your brain as you watch this You may find other themes You might find other things that you found that were more important These are the things that I found that were of incredible importance, okay So the first big theme I saw Is that this documentary claims that pro-life groups don't actually want to end abortion And I did not say that incorrectly. That's exactly what this documentary basically says. Pro-life groups don't want to actually end abortion. Okay. And the the biggest reason why, and that leads into the second biggest theme here, which is pro-life groups only want the incremental approach, not the total approach. Okay. And so what you've seen in a lot of these states, again, these two things are connected. Pro-life groups don't want to actually end abortion and pro-life groups only want the incremental approach, not the total approach. You've seen in a lot of the legislation that's happened across the country, even with heartbeat bills. You see a lot of things where it's this incrementally, you know, we're just going to, you know, we, we had abortion all the way up until the moment of birth, but we're going to start to kind of bring that back a little bit. Let's bring it back to 20 weeks. Let's bring it back to 12 weeks. Let's bring it back to the heartbeat, those types of things. So it's an incremental approach that we're just going to chip away at Roe v. Wade. And maybe at some point down, down the line, maybe five, 10, a hundred years from now, maybe we can revisit the whole Roe v. Wade thing. Okay. And go back to episode six of this podcast. If you want my thoughts on Roe v. Wade, I'm not going to go into that here because I promise you I'd keep it short. But at the same time, this documentary basically says the incremental approach is not sufficient and it certainly doesn't protect the unborn. And one of the biggest ones is, is because, and, and I obviously trumpeted a lot of these things as well, but I've, I've given my concerns on them before as well. But with heartbeat bills, a heartbeat bill seems like an awesome thing because you can detect the heartbeat at around six weeks, right? You, you can detect the heartbeat, but in this documentary, they actually show uh, I, I, I don't know exactly what that person is called, but they show a woman who does ultrasounds, right? So whatever that person's called, this woman does an ultrasound, but she takes the same woman and she controls the ultrasound the first way to where you can see the baby. You can see the head, you can see the arms, you can see the spine, you know, you got great pictures, you find the heartbeat, everything. And then right after that, she does an ultrasound as if she's not trying to find the heart or that she's just inept. Like she's not good at that job. And it just looks like a blob on the screen. She couldn't find the heartbeat. And basically the point that they're making is why in the world would you give Planned Parenthood, the biggest, you know, owner of baby murder in the United States, I guess you could say, why would you give them the ability to control the ultrasound? Because if the law is basically, if we can detect an, a heartbeat on the ultrasound, how is that going to stop abortion? Because you're basically giving the keys to be able to do that to the people that are performing the murder for money right? So those are two big themes that are talked about for a long time within this documentary. A third big theme is that pro-life groups are not using the gospel as their basis for their approach, okay? And so they hammer that on. I mean, one of the things about this documentary, I feel like the documentary skipped around a lot, it was kind of like, okay, what's, what's the point of this documentary? That's why I'm kind of like trying to help you a little bit and say, well, here's five big themes to remind yourself of as you're, as you're listening through, but they are, they have a huge deal with people not using the gospel as their basis for this approach. They are highly critical of people like Ben Shapiro or people like him that, you know, take a Say that hey, this doesn't have to be a religious approach. This can be a a scientific approach to the pro life cause. You know, we have science on our side. All those things. the the national uh, or the you know uh, March for Life last year. They were talking about science. That was their big theme for the year. And you know, I, I kind of get it. But here's the thing that I would ask Jeff Durbin and his team because because they want they want only a gospel approach to that. And I'm, I'm on their team in that. I understand that without the gospel, without scripture, without God, we don't even know why we would want to protect a human life. Like that is the Judeo-Christian framework and ethic gives us the ability to protect people and gives us a reason why we should do that. Why that's a good thing, a good moral thing to do. But my, my problem with Jeff Durbin and, and maybe maybe not a problem with Jeff Durbin, but maybe their approach, especially with this documentary, they absolutely made it seem like if you are not a, you know, five point Calvinist reformed Christian, and you use all of those things inside of your theology and philosophy, as you approach the pro-life issue, then they don't want you that is the gist that I got. And and I'm gonna to try to maybe get Jeff Durbin on here and have him explain it a little bit further. But that's the sense that I got is that if you're not gonna do it our way, we don't want you in the movement. And I just gotta say, I, I don't like that. I don't like that approach. Because there are certainly people that are atheists or agnostics that understand science and think to themselves, now wait a minute, you know, a one-celled zygote, uh I mean it has all the DNA of, you know, a person that's 80 years old, like in that one celled zygote, that DNA can tell us, you know, what your eye color is going to be, what your hair color is going to be, how tall you're going to be. If you're going to have any issues like those that that's already there, like that's life. So why wouldn't we protect that? You can get there without the Judeo-Christian ethic. You can. Now, a lot of these people are going to have those thoughts having grown up, with Judeo-Christian ethic surrounding them. Even if it wasn't in their house, they live in the West, which, which allows them to basically surmise those types of things. But that was something that I was not terribly thrilled with, with, with this documentary is I got their points. You know, I'm, I'm going to trumpet their cause. Like I'm with them. I want to support them. But this idea that there's some exclusivity to how you should do this, I, I found that not to be terribly helpful, but maybe I'm off my rocker. Uh, you guys can watch it and kind of give me your opinions as well. Uh, last two themes here before I let you guys go. Uh, uh, the fourth theme is we've flipped all politics as local to all politics as federal. Um, so Vody Bakken was actually in this documentary and he was the one that brought up this point to where when we think about the abortion issue in the United States, Christian or non-Christian, whatever, we see it as a federal issue right? You know, I'm voting for Donald Trump in 2020 because he's going to be able to probably get another Supreme court justice or two. And then we're going to overturn Roe. You, you kind of hear people talk like that. Well, maybe, maybe that could absolutely happen. He could lose. And then Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren or somebody else like that is going to put someone they want on the court. And then does that mean we can't end it at that point? But the thing about it was, is a couple of generations ago, people didn't really pay attention to federal politics that much because it didn't really affect them in their day-to-day living, right? It was the local stuff. They wanted to know who the sheriff was. They wanted to know who, you know, the, the people on the school board were. They wanted to know who kind of their local, their mayor, like those are the people that they wanted to know what those people were about. But now, and, and I kind of even fall into this, it's so easy to focus on the craziness going on in Washington, D.C. than it is to focus on what's going on in your own backyard. And that is directly directly related to the abortion topic. Because what End Abortion Now is uh, equipping churches to do is to take care of things in their local communities, to save babies and save women in their local communities, right? So so that's that's a big theme that they talk about a lot. And the last theme here is that women should be prosecuted for murder right along with other parties involved in the abortion, okay? you, you hear that quite a bit throughout this. You can see guys within abortion now asking people like at live action and, um, and national right to life and all these different organizations, asking them about that point. You can hear it in the clip earlier when Jeff Durbin was talking to Tony Lounger. And here's the thing guys is I've talked about that too. It doesn't make logical sense to me that you would not charge the woman with murder if she got an abortion. Now abortion has to be illegal, right? That has to be against the law. You know, you have to make it the the murdering of an unborn child. You have to make that against the law. But the thing about it is, is if you were only to charge the abortionist with murder, then what do you charge the woman with? And guys, I've used this example before or something like it. If you hate somebody, right? So, you know, your best friend, you know, sleeps with your wife or something like that. And you're like, my best friend gots to go. And then you pay somebody because that's your best friend because, because you can't be the one to pull the trigger. You just, you love them too much. You you, you don't want to do that. You pay some dude to kill your best friend. And if they catch the dude that killed your best friend and he rolls on you, guess what? You both go down for murder, right? That's where that's where we live there in this country. There've been people that have gotten life in prison because they were driving the car when somebody got out, shot somebody and got back in, they were an accessory to murder. So what is the woman at that point? Because there's this idea that, you know, and some people say it, and even Tony Lounger said it, it's that these women are hyper pressured into getting the abortion, right? Maybe they're pressured by, you know, pressure at work, or they're pressured by a boyfriend, or they're pressured by all these individuals. But the overwhelming majority of women that end up going to, to these clinics to get these things done, again, they're doing this for the sake of convenience. They're murdering the baby inside of them because it would be inconvenient otherwise to have them either they feel like they're too young or maybe they already have two kids and they don't want a third kid or, or, or maybe they just don't feel like they got enough money or the dad's a deadbeat or maybe they don't know who the dad is or whatever the situation might be. But it is, it is rare, and all the statistics back this up, it is rare that a woman is basically forced into the abortion clinic at gunpoint, right? Or, or even forced to do those types of things. But even still, Let's go back to my original scenario. Let's say, you know, you you got a guy, you know, your best friend cheated on your wife and you're mad and you're hyped up and you're angry and then you hire someone to kill them. Let's say you felt pressured into doing it because you just can't let that thing stand, right? You got to get your friend back. If you tell the police that, or better yet, if you tell a judge and jury that, you think they're going to be like, oh, I, you felt pressure. Oh, you know what? That's fine can we get these handcuffs off this guy? Let's go ahead and let him go. He felt pressure. Let's get him out of here. Right. That wouldn't make any sense. If you pay someone else to murder somebody and they are caught and you are caught, you're guilty of murder. And even if you're not caught, you're guilty of sin. That is a sin to do that. And you certainly see that throughout this pod or throughout this podcast, throughout this documentary as well, is they try to drive that point home. Like, why wouldn't we make the women liable? Right. We're not saying that, that they're you know, acting on, I don't know exactly. I don't really want to get into the the milieu of that because I want you to make sure that you kind of create your own opinions on it. But as you're watching this documentary, I want you to pay attention to that as well as the other five. I'll just go ahead and repeat them here. The big themes. Number one, pro-life groups don't actually want to end abortion. Number three, Two, pro-life groups only want incremental approach, not the total approach. Number three, pro-life groups are not using the gospel as their basis for their approach. Number four, we've flipped all politics as local to all politics as federal. And then number five, women should be prosecuted for murder right along with all other parties involved in the abortion. So again, I'm going to make sure that you have all this information so that you can go watch the documentary yourself. I want you to reach out to me. Let me know what you thought. Okay, guys, before we let you go, we are going to do a quick resilience boost. As you know, by now, we are a men's ministry and our mission is cultivate manly resilience. Specifically, we do that by providing content that forges spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. So today, here are the things that I've got for you. First, I've got a link to Babies Are Still Murdered Here, because again, I want you to watch this entire documentary. It's about an hour 40, hour 45 minutes or something like that. Just skip a couple of episodes of your favorite Netflix show and watch this instead. I've got the link to the End Abortion Now website, so you can check them out. I also have the link to the interview with Tony Launger and Jeff Durbin that was on apology radio. Not, I think I said apology of church earlier, but it's apology radio. So it's their entire interview. So you can watch that. It's super interesting. And then I've got actually a link, a YouTube link to the original babies are murdered here documentary that came out about five years ago. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We really do appreciate it. If you would, please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Google Play and refer your friends to listen and share this on social media. Guys, like I said, from the top, leave us a five-star review. We would super appreciate it. I'm currently booking speaking engagements for the entirety of 2020. So if you want me to come speak at your men's event, at your church, to your team, whatever, hit me up, email info at undaunted.life. Again, info at undaunted.life. The website is www.undaunted.life. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at undauntedlife or facebook.com back Undaunted Life. Check out our free devotionals on the Uversion Bible app. Just search Undaunted Life under plans. And as always, we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their entire music library for our content. The intro outro track on this podcast is their song King of Sorrow, which stopped their latest record entitled Phantom Anthem. The links to all of this are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep cultivating manly resilience. Keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. Keep seeking the Lion of Judah.